BBC Radio 2 You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where every week we take a brilliant pop music album and talk about it track by track. You say that every week. Uh, because it's true every week. And this week is no exception. Uh, but Dan, how are you? Uh, well, I think, considering the current climate. Why? What's happening in April? Uh, Easter. Just had Easter, haven't we? Oh, I had a lovely Easter this year. Yes, it was. Did you do well with your Easter egg hunt? Uh, pardon? <laughs> uh, I had a great haul of eggs and gifts this year. If you checked out my Facebook page, I took a picture of it and posted it on there. Oh, I thought that was a raffle that you were sharing. <laughs> uh, and you didn't win? No, sadly not. So on the turntable this week, just as bright and fun and colourful as an Easter egg hunt, it's Life in Cartoon Motion by Mika. Uh, Mika, Michael Holbrook Pennyman Jr., doesn't have the same ring to it, does it? No, Mika's a very good pop star name. Mm. Just one word. Just like Cheryl. Or Cher. Scylla. <laughs> or George. Which one? Uh, Harrison. Osborne. Oh. Michael. Barrymore? No, George Michael. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, so this is the debut album we're going to be talking about. Uh, Mika's been around for a while, hasn't he? He's saying he looks old. No, 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 I'm just, it, he genuinely has been around for a while. So yes, and you're probably wondering why we're talking about this album this week. Uh, and it's because Love Today, which is the second single from the album, turns 13 this week. The terrible teens. Mm. Uh, Mika uh, was, uh, he's 36 years old. Wouldn't mind me sharing his age since he's younger than me. He was uh, 36. He is 36. Uh, because he's still alive. Very much so. Uh, and last seen, actually, uh, as a judge on... Well, he's done... We were just watching a YouTube clip of him doing a blind audition on the French version of The Voice, on which he's a judge. They had a hilariously uh, not staged turn-the-tables moment for him. Turn the chairs. Well, yes, but turn the tables is, is the phrase. Yes. <laughs> uh, he's also been a judge on The Italian X Factor as well. Oh, many fingers in many European pies. Yes, he's bellissimo. Uh, Mika's been around for quite a long time. He won in 2007 the BBC Sound of 2007 as a top tip for a breakthrough artist coming and through. They've generally got their finger on the pulse with those lists, haven't they? The, the BBC. The BBC. BBC. And who was the Sound of 2020? Can you remember? Name that was named. So I know that the Brits version was Celeste. No longer with Daphne. Was it the Celeste from Daphne and Celeste? No, it was a, a Brit school student, I believe. A young up-and-coming whippersnapper yes. onto the music scene. It'd be weird if the Brits one to watch was a old codger. Mika's first release was actually 2006. And then he was tipped for big things in 2007. And he had a really big year in 2007. Yeah, I mean, this album is full of pop hits, isn't it? It just feels like he was all over the radio. Uh, during 2007 what were you doing in 2007 mind your own business <laughs> what were you doing in 2007 um oh, don't ask don't tell 
Well, it's listen. like the US Army. I turned 21. Ah, what did you do for your 21st? Uh, got a minibus to Sheffield for a night out. From London? I didn't live in London then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, had a good fun night out. I think I was wearing a t-shirt, tie and a cardigan. Oh, Sign yes. Of the times. Such, as, such as was the uh, fashion at the time in the mid-noughties. I'm sure Mika was wearing similar. Not on the night out, he wasn't invited. Not because I didn't like him, I didn't know him. And if you knew him now, would you invite him out for a drink? Obviously, there's nothing going on, but... Well, no, I'm betrothed. But um, absolutely, he seems like a very fun character. Yeah, very bright and bubbly and colourful in a lot of what he does, isn't mm, he? Very passionate. Unless there's some darkness hiding behind the smile. Mm. You just have to worry about people that smile all the time. It must ache. Well, it does ache. You know, if you go to watch a comedy play or... We recently went to see Magic Goes Wrong at the theatre. Uh, although they've been closed for quite a while, maybe. We were, you know, I was laughing and smiling throughout it uh, to the point where my cheeks ached. Oh, God, you were bent over double with tears rolling down your face. <laughs> it was that magic wand that really got me. <laughs> and I did like the disappearing act as well. <laughs> So Mika is a Lebanese uh, slash English uh, recording artist, singer-songwriter. He's written a lot of music over the years. Uh, we're going to talk about his first album today uh, from back in 2007. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about him as an artist as we go along as well. Because he had a very colourful history. Oh. So, should we get stuck into the album? Yes. So, Life in Cartoon Motion. Here we go with side one, track one. And this is Grace Kelly. Grace Kelly. Mm, but all her looks were too sad. So I tried a little Freddy. Mm, I've got an entity in Will, we're leaving. Leaving where? That's just what they say at the end of the song. So this was uh, the first single proper from Mika. Uh, and it was a huge hit. Yeah, one of those songs that, yeah, just overtook. You can imagine this being across Radio 1 and Radio 2 at the same time. Uh, very much in that kind of Scissor Sisters vein, where I think it appeals to different generations, different sexes, different sexual orientations just very appealing pop music that's the dream isn't it surely to have a song that's on radio one and radio two yes very few artists manage that don't they have we mentioned that before I'm i sure think we have said that before deja vu again wonder who I wonder who we we're talking about rachel stevens uh, <laughs> probably not uh, i love this song though and do you know the genesis of it no it's all about, it was written because his record company, uh, when he was about to hit the big time, wanted a big hit and were trying to steer him in certain directions as to what was popular at the time. Uh, however, Mika didn't want to be steered. He wanted to do his own thing. And this song, the writing of it and the lyrics is almost a rebellion to, t to say, I don't want to fit a certain hole. So rather ironic then that it should be such a huge mammoth hit. Uh, and it just goes to show, if you leave a singer-songwriter to do their own thing, they can come up with the goods. Absolutely. And have everybody smiling at the end. 
it's such an interesting song as well, isn't it? The the style of it and the production of it feels very quite 1970s, sort of a bit of glam rock, quite dramatic. I was going to say similar to Queen and Freddie Mercury, especially with that falsetto. But of course, Freddie Mercury is one of the people that... It's referencing the song. Yeah, absolutely. He's been likened to Freddie Mercury actually before this song even came out. He has got an incredible voice, a real range to it. Because mm. he can get up to a stunning falsetto, but he could also uh, get down and dirty with some of, some of the lower tones as well. Yeah, quite raspy, quite brooding. Quite industrial. Um, don't think that makes any sense, actually. <laughs> so, fun fact about this song. This was only the second single ever to top the UK chart without selling a physical copy. So this was at the early days of digital downloads of itunes and where else could you buy them it's i mean itunes had the hold of the market at that point didn't they for, for well, download amazon singles. You, could buy, you could buy digital tracks as oh, well could you at that point yeah uh do you know which song was the first to get to number one without selling a physical copy no do enlighten crazy by niles barkley i make me crazy <laughs> it's so funny how you're ronan keating uh Cher, Sean Newman. Bernard Sumner. <laughs> All quite similar. Yeah. <laughs> that was Cher, right? That was John Newman. Oh. <laughs> They're all inside me, bursting to get out. I, I can always remember appearances of him on when performing this. He was always kind of semi-stood up in front of a piano, kind of like half sat up, sat up off his seat towards the end, really hammering the keys mm. uh, and... Belting out into his microphone. A bit like Elton in his early days. Yeah, similar, very similar to that, actually. Yeah. Nowadays, Elton prefers to sit down throughout. Well, he's an older gent now. Mm. And to be honest, good for him. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so this song was performed by Mika at the 2008 Brit Awards. I guess this was kind of real prime Brit Awards. Um, and it was nominated for Best British Single, but it lost out to Shine by Take That. Ah, actually, they're quite similar in a way, really. They're very piano focused. They're very, again, yeah. Radio One, Radio Two, very pop. bold and brassy. Yeah. yeah, a bit of glam rock in there. Uh, yeah, but Grace Kelly and Will, what do you know about Grace Kelly? Grace Kelly, Grace Kelly, Princess of Monaco. Hmm. Uh, because she married Prince Rainier the uh, Third, but she was an actress originally, an Academy Award-winning actress. Uh, and she's and- dead. Yes. R.I.P. But the... She's stunning as well, actually, if you look at some old pictures of her. Real beauty. Uh, classic Hollywood look. You beauty. <laughs> uh, sh- the dialogue used in this song is from The Country Girl, which starred Grace Kelly. So, track number two now, uh, and this is something that we all enjoy. Lollipop. So lollipop there, and Dan, I'm going to set us a challenge mm-hmm. that we will get through this next bit without making a single innuendo about anything that might crop up. So anything 
from the lyrics of that song. Yes, or anything that might pop into your head. Okay, okay, I'm sure we can do that. So Lollipop there, uh, which was written by Mika for his younger sister, just to warn her off getting involved with men too soon. Really? Yes. Okay, that's very good. That's very... Um, what a great Why way would to... I joke about a thing like that? No, 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 absolutely. And what a great way to share the message through music, through the power of music. This was a double A side single with Relax, Take It Easy. Uh, but it was also one of the songs, again, when the charts were changing and downloads were coming in, this was a song that also charted uh, before it was released as a single. Mm. Was... Now, when someone big releases an album, a lot of their the, the really good tracks on an album will often pop up in the charts, won't they? Oh, well, do you remember when, uh, I think it was when Ed Sheeran released his last album, I think the top 40 was just full of his, all the album tracks. The whole album was in there, here, there and everywhere. Absolutely oh. dreadful. Dear. Not for me at all. What a fun song. It really is a fun, bite-sized, poppy song. Um, at three minutes and three seconds, just over for your uh, Eurovision I'm sure that could be trimmed. Mm. But it, it feels very, you know, because I think throughout this album, we're going to hear a few different styles, but this does feel very much in the same sort of key, not musical key, of course, because I ain't got a clue about those, as Grace Kelly. So uplifting so colorful so fun quite simplistic with some of the sort of chunky piano keys at the start but then towards the end it kind of really picks up doesn't it with that horn there's lots i think there's a children's choir in there as well it feels like it could be from a west end show or something like that and you don't want to be waving a horn around a children's choir oh (laughs) Oh, god i'm so bloody hell (laughs) so i win that one um well, didn't think. No, you never do. So when this was released as a double A-side single, it was released on two CDs as well as uh, download, as we've talked about. But it was also released as a limited edition USB memory stick. I bet that was quite a big deal back in 2007. I remember people doing it, but I didn't ever buy a USB memory stick single. Did you? No. No. Did you have a mini disc player? No. I know someone who did... Um, and he was definitely the only person that had one. Yeah. At that time. Just didn't take off, did it? No, I was first on board for an iPod, to be honest. Yes, had one quite early. A uh, iPod Classic. iPod Classic. And then I got the next generation one, and I had to get a bigger memory because I just filled it up. Loved that. It was stolen. Oh, no, where? Yeah, uh, from my house, from a house party at uni. I went to bed and very kindly left them with my music because I had the huge music catalogue and the good speakers. And when I came down in the morning, it was gone. If only I hadn't drank so much and had to go to bed early. Maybe that's the lesson to be learned. Don't go to bed at eight (laughs) o'clock. And Dan, a question for you. Mm -hmm. uh, Just thinking about the lyrics of this song. Have you ever sucked too hard on a lollipop? I once had a chupa chup um, where the ball on the end came off and I nearly choked. Oh. And someone had to get behind me and give me a vigorous... Thrust. <laughs> so, should we move on? Yes, track number three now is My Interpretation. If I ever talk to you again, this is not about emotion. I need a reason not to care what you say or what happened in the end. This is my interpretation. And don't, don't.
was my interpretation there. Uh, a lot more guitars in that track compared to the first two. Definitely feels like it's taking a wander down indie town. Yeah, or more just uh, guitar-driven pop. Which, again, if we're thinking about Take That and their first album back together was around at this time, it does feel like that was very much a thing that pop was becoming a little bit more indie or rocky, soft rock, certainly. Nothing hard about this one. No, it's very easy listening, isn't it? Very radio, radio two. I've got to stop doing that. And it's it's pleasant enough, isn't it? It's a bit of a change of pace after the first two more quirky tracks. It's something a little bit more mass. Yeah, you don't want to be sucking on a lollipop for the entirety of an album, do you? You want something a bit different. Your mouth will be all uh, all wrinkled up like a prune. <laughs> so this one was co-written with Richard Super, and what a fun name! First, and I bet you know exactly where he's been. So Richard has previously worked with people like Aerosmith and Bon Jovi. So not people that are currently on the long list. But that does speak to that more guitar-driven sound. Yes. But he's also done some things which are a little bit more like what we tend to talk about, by which I mean a bit poppier, because uh, he's worked with Pink on her Misunderstood album. What was that accent you did there? Well, it's spelled a bit funny, isn't it? It's like Misunderstood. Mm. Oh, it's actually Misunderstood. Because there's a Z in there. Definitely an album track. Yes, I was waiting for that phrase to rear its head, but it's, it's, you can't deny it. It's true. Yeah. So, should we move on to track four? Track number four. Love track number four. Love today. Love Today there by Mika. It'd be wrong for us to not say what a fun song. It's so bright, it's so positive. Uh, I wonder what earth was going on in his life when he wrote this song. Well, I did read a, a quote, or is that, what you, is that what you were about to allude to? No, go on. Um, that it was after the first time he'd had Sleepy with somebody and he was feeling very happy about it. Also, I think that because he was feeling so good, he wanted everyone to feel so good. And I'm not saying he wanted to have sleepy with everybody. He just wanted them to uh, love the day. Have sleepy. Hmm. Sounds like we're on CBeebies. <laughs> or um, I was going to say The Simpsons, where Homer and Marge have snuggles. But um, you're not, not a Simpsons fan. No, which I still struggle to get my head around. There, this was a single, got to number six. Uh, and it was also nominated for a Grammy for Best Dance Recording. But lost out to Justin Timberlake. Um, what song do you think it was? Um, it's not obvious. Love Stoned. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Quite obvious. <laughs> no, it's not. You're doing your research. As always, Very as good. always. It'd be great to talk about that album. Oh, have we done it already? No, no we haven't. We, it's coming up soon. Oh, we put it on the teaser, didn't we? So we really sh- we should, should, we should do that album. We should really pin that down. Yeah. Um, there are lots... Otherwise, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Otherwise, it's like we randomly pick songs for the teaser episode with no intention to actually talk about them. That would be um, false advertising. Yes. Which is a good job. We've got the next few weeks stitched up. Yes. Like a Christmas turkey. Uh, there are lots of remixes for this uh, song. Most notable is a Patrick Wolf remix. Dan, are you familiar? Patrick Wolf. Uh, this City? Was that him? The City. 
Um, I think we haven't done a, if we're lucky, have we yet this in this episode? No. Do you want to squeeze something in? So I'd love a little bit of Hard Times by Patrick Wolf because I think he's had some great stuff in his uh, back catalogue. Well, let's squeeze in some Hard Times. Incredible voice, a great voice, and it does feel quite. It's not exactly the same as Mika, but it's very flamboyant. It's quite kind of like classic songwriting in one way. That reminded me a bit of Arcade Fire, actually. Uh, he's a great showman, actually, as well. Have you seen him live? Mm. Um, recently, or was it? Oh, a long time ago, like Bristol, Cardiff, I think, kind mm. of quite a while ago. The Bristol years. The Bristol years, yeah. As we lovingly refer to them, the Bristol Diaries. Like uh, Alan Bennett's. Like Alan Bennett's, yeah. You're not going to do it, are you? Come along, mother. (laughs) Am I that predictable now that you know what I'm going to say before I'm going to say it? Absolutely, yes. Well, that's been that way since about episode two, I think. (coughs) Dear. So, love today. Um, Love today, gone tomorrow. Well, very much so. It's just such an uplifting, fun song. I think it's very much still in the same style as um, Grace Kelly, but this one feels a little bit more disco almost. There's a few more kind of different uh, sounds going on. The acoustic guitar makes it feel, it kind of takes me back to some of the Scissor Sisters' big poppy disco moments. Uh, But the beginning of it with the piano really makes me think of Dolly Parton as 9 to 5. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Which you saw live at Glastonbury, didn't you, 2014? Yes. And I, as we mentioned a few times, sadly couldn't make it that year. Real shame. You couldn't get a, couldn't get a sitter. No. <laughs> um, and you can't do everything. No, and that's absolutely fine. Okay, um, things are going to continue to pick up now as we go to track number five with Relax, Take It was relax take it easy of course there's another fantastic huge dance track called relax which one i'm thinking of frankie goes frankie goes to hollywood absolutely yeah what a fantastic song and an amazing cover of that by blondie have you heard that um no i haven't actually i wasn't saying that to put it on now but shall we Tell us show a little bit of that. Well, if we're lucky, you've got it ready to go there, I'm sure. And I'm sure if not, the editing fairies will make it seem that way. When you want to call. When you want to call. When you want to call. 
know what? I was just settling in for like a very haunting interpretation, which was very nice. Mm. But then glory be, three minutes in, it all kicked off. Yeah. I think it's a great interpretation because it is, it really does remake the song. Um, and yeah, like you say, it almost tricks you a little bit. You think it's going to be one thing and then it becomes an absolute banger. One of the biggest blondie bangers for some time. Oh God, and we went for it. We got the leather out. We got the poppers out. We got the red stripe out. Yep. Looked at it all and then put it away again. Yes, not for <laughs> not today. Not for us. No, absolutely not. Uh, but I'm a bit parched actually. Do not mind a can of red stripe? Uh, we'll see what we've got shortly but enough of that relax onto this relax take it easy thoughts on this one uh, it's my favorite song yeah i thought it might be uh just because it, it's yeah it's a bit faster there's a bit of a beat to it um it definitely feels like less of a classic rock influenced pop song and more of a pop dance song but ironically enough it does not sample but is influenced by uh, a melody from the cutting crew song i just died in your arms tonight Oh, brilliant. And let's hear a bit of that as well. Yeah, good idea. So it is actually influenced by a more of a classic rock sound. Uh, and this was the double A side with Lollipop. Uh, I didn't mention it before, but it got to number 18 in the singles charts. And there are some great remixes from Friends of the Podcast, Alphabet, uh, and also surely future friend of the podcast, Frank Music. Oh, I'd love, love to do a bit of Frank. Uh, yeah. If I can be frank with you. You can, as long as you're not saying, uh, allow us to be frank, as in the Westlife album, because uh, <laughs> one of the worst albums ever recorded, so Q Magazine said. Oh, really? You've just got that quote just to hand in your head. Well, I do remember... You wrote it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they had, at number one, Duran Duran's Thank You, which was their ill-fated covers album. And then at number two, I think it was, they just had every single solo Spice Girls album. Quite harsh that quite nasty actually how dare they mm, absolutely but this song is yeah it is fantastic i haven't seen mika live before and for this and love today i really would love to see him but it's a real great atmosphere when these are played he's quite a tall guy so he's got a quite a, a, a big busy pair of legs on him like a mr tickle or something like that oh yeah or a daddy long legs <laughs> okay track number six now and this is any other world in any other world You could tell the difference So, any other world there um, now, this would be where I talk about the album artwork, but I just love the string work at the end of that track. A little bit too much to make it so. Yeah, I agree. The string Make it so. <laughs> who, who was that Patrick again? Stewart. Oh, yes. Yeah. I've um, seen everything. <laughs> I've seen everything. Yeah, I've seen it all. Certainly, it's a slower moment, a more poignant moment of the album. Uh, and, you know, when you have had such amazing big bangers, you kind of, you want more of them, don't you? Generally speaking. But... This is a great breather and it's also a really nice, it's got a really nice story behind it because this was written for a friend of Mika's who, um, without going into detail, her life changed very drastically within six months. It's kind of written for everyone because in anyone's life, you can have that moment where your life just changes 
because of one event he said like uh, leaving university of course you leave behind those three years and those times and your life changes so this is kind of for anyone from any age as a kind of a let's call it a coping mechanism track or just a bit of comfort maybe and I suppose given everything that's happened around the world over the last few months it's probably quite a good soundtrack for that say goodbye to the world was it say goodbye to the world you thought you lived in well yes I'm not very good strange, with lyrics strange times hmm Hard times, to quote Patrick Wolf, actually. Yes. It's not all about him. Thank you for the words, Patrick. Uh, and Mika. And Mika. Track number seven now, and this is Billy Brown. Oh, Billy Brown had lived an ordinary life. Two kids, a dog, and then the cautionary wife. While it was all going accordingly to plan, then Billy Brown fell in love with another man. He met his lover almost every single day Making excuses for his dodgy holiday On some religion that he said duty found They didn't know that his faith was earthly Bobby Brown there. Uh, Billy Brown. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, and Billy Brown, uh, I've just got one word to say to you, Dan. Mm-hmm. Beatles. Very much so, yeah. Uh, feels very much like a... Penny Lane, sort of Paul McCartney written little ditty. Mm. So Billy Brown was married with a wife and kids and then fell in love with another man. We've heard that story before, haven't we? Yes. Uh, Philip Schofield. Of course, yeah. And I was going to say Elton John, but I'm actually currently reading his autobiography, which I got for Christmas. And of course, it wasn't actually that way around because he was having a fair, no, sorry, relations with gentlemen first. He was out, but then he got married. He did it back to front. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a very fun song isn't it this one it's not kind of the it's not the upbeat danceable grace kelly love today but it's not the more indie acoustic kind of thing it's just a very poppy laid back again ditty i think ditty is the right word for it you can imagine people in the uh queen vic around the piano singing along to this one. Oh yeah who would play the piano in the vic now well sonia would be accompanying with her trumpet Which got a reference in the special episodes when the boat sank. Yeah. They know the fans. They know what the fans want. She's never really shaken off the trumpet, has she? No. So let's move on to... uh, There's another highlight coming, actually. This is track number eight now, and this is Big Girl, You Are Beautiful. Big girl, you are beautiful. I love that song. It's such an empowering thing. We were talking about Lizzo last week, who herself is a big girl, who I'm, I'm sure she won't mind me saying that. Uh, and she is beautiful. And how amazing that 13 years before, uh, well, certainly 13 years before we were talking about her, I should say, uh, Miko was putting out this statement, not even from the big girl saying it, but from this kind of skinny, skinny young boy, this whippersnapper. Streak of piss. Sorry, that's that's not that's not on. No, that's me. bang out of order there, actually, Will. I'll have a word off air about that. And apparently it was written about a club, the Butterfly Lounge, 
in the OC, California. Did you, did you watch the OC? No, I didn't, Dan. Uh, I was more a fan of Dawson's Creek. Mm. So yeah, the song is written about that club and the big girls who went there because it was the first um, size acceptance nightclub. But it's such a, it's just got such a lovely bump to it, hasn't it? And God, is this going to sound? No, I hope this doesn't sound off. I can imagine, I can't remember the music video for this, but I can just imagine big girls dancing to this song and the rhythm of this song is just perfect for their bodies. Uh, this got to number nine in the charts. So it was another big hit for Miko. It really was a golden period for him. Golden child, yeah. Yeah, he was the uh, very much the anointed one uh, in the 2007, 2008 in particular. And not to make you know, not not to put anything too negative on uh, about him or this album, but I can ima- I can't actually remember, but I can imagine that because he is so positive and colourful, that for as many people who loved him, and clearly they did, because his album sold tons and loads of hit singles, there were probably as many people who didn't enjoy his music. I'm sure he was a bit marmite, yeah, because sort of saccharine positivity. And how sweet and sh- and upbeat a lot of his music is. It's not for everyone. There are some miserable bastards out there as well. Yeah. And we all have our moments, actually. You what? certainly do. Uh, well, when yeah. the weather changes. Um, but having said that, uh, Mika, as a an artist expressing himself, I'm sure that he would rather be, you know, real artists would rather be hated than sort of, uh, you know, have people shrugging their shoulders about them. Uh, that's certainly our motto, isn't it? Absolutely. Most people do hate us, actually. It's sort of 90-10. 90-10. This was used to promote Ugly Betty, which another um, great American show. Did you watch that one? Uh, the first couple of seasons. I loved Ugly Betty. In fact, it's on my list of things to watch, uh, to rewatch. And they changed the lyrics to, Hey Betty, You Are Beautiful, for the, uh, for the re-recording of that. Aww. Lovely. Let's move on. Track number nine now. And this is Stuck in the Middle. I sit and think about the day that you're gonna die. Your wrinkled eyes betray the joy with which you smile. What a great time to talk about the album artwork. And the album artwork is the fun, colourful... Oh my goodness, there's so much going on there. I nor- I nearly had a migraine looking at it. <laughs> One of your funny turns. Um, it's just an explosion of colour, of... of uh, Mika's himself uh, is there in a little bit. There's sofas, there's swirls and flowers. And, oh, it's just, I think it's very reflective of him and the sound on this album. 100%. And it feels like either um, a lovely brown notebook that's been picked up from Paper Chase and someone's doodled all over, or a pin board with lots of different things on there, pinned on there to make a collage. Uh, and the font on this, it's all hand-drawn again as well. Mika... Um, and, that, and Life in Cartoon Motion is written uh, in freehand, and that, which is nice. Quite Disney-fied, that uh, Life in Cartoon Motion. Yeah, and I think a lot of the single artwork kept a similar form as well. Mm. Uh, what fun artwork. So I'm looking forward to seeing that one on our Instagram page because it's uh, lovely and bright and colourful. Oh, it's going to be lovely mm. yeah, up there for 
for the week when it's released. Do feel free to give it a like, guys, and maybe even sharing it to your story as well, which is possible. It is very possible. Uh, as for the song itself? Um, it's, it's nice enough, isn't it? It's just a bit more of the same. Yeah, it feels like a bit of a jam, this one. But what I would like to talk about, which we haven't yet, is Greg Wells, who is the Grammy-winning Canadian uh, producer who worked on this album, the whole album, with Mika. Greg played a lot of the instruments on here as well as arranging them. And in the past, he has worked with uh, an incredible lineup of people, including Adele, Rufus Wainwright, uh, Katy Perry, Kelly Clarkson, Pink. And he worked on the Greatest Showman soundtrack, which is obviously huge, and I would hedge my bets on it being not your cup of tea will it's it's okay it's fine um but he also worked with the little known artist called taylor swift uh are you a taylor swift fan yeah favorite tay tay song i really liked um ready for it and look what you made me do actually oh that's one with the right said fred sample is that right yes yeah Uh, and they're also credited as writers so they've got a nice little income coming from that which they probably needed And I'm sure they wouldn't mind me saying that. So, track number 10. It's something we like to give our listeners every week. Happy ending. What a lovely song. Yes. You a fan of Happy Ending? Absolutely. Yeah. And this is a great way to bring the standard edition of the album to a close. Yes, we normally say this is the last song, don't we? But there's a bit of, there's various different versions. I think this is when, well, obviously we talked about downloads before and how Grace Kelly was the second track ever to be number one just from downloads. So physical sales were plummeting. So I think CDs would often have bonus track or hidden track or something like that on there wouldn't they to try and get people to buy them so there is a bonus track and there's and there's other versions of the album but yes this is the last version of the album proper and what a wonderful ending yes and I, it really builds and then it kind of rises up um as the song goes through it's actually quite moving it actually yeah i really think it is and i think that is why the x factor insists on using it at least once per episode in every single series um, but it does the trick. It gets those hairs on the back of the neck standing up. Although, obviously, no X Factor this year. Good. Yeah? Not bothered? No. I've gone from being not bothered, just indifferent about yeah. it. I think it just died years ago, and it's just ridiculous that they've been trying to keep hold of it. it I, I, I agree, but I'm quite nostalgic because thinking about 10 years ago, and it was huge, and it would start in August, it felt like just the sort of the countdown to winter and to Christmas... Um, well, of course, if you're into Christmas, then as yeah. I am, and, and I think you are as well. Oh, I do love Christmas. Yeah, and we're not, ne- as much, not as much as you. No, we are nearly there as well. We're nowhere near. Well, we're a third of the way. I do tend to spend my years counting down to Christmas, which is quite depressing. Uh, and this uh, was another big hit for Mika, and he got to number seven in the singles charts, selling two hundred thousand copies. That's huge. Two hundred thousand copies would have got you. A very healthy performance in the charts back back then. Mm. But it is, I just like how it 
it really does show, as we said before, the album is very colourful, very bright, very poppy, but it shows different styles. Um, and this, obviously, with the strings, with the really um, heartfelt message, with the choir, it's very, very different to Love Today or Relax, Take It Easy, uh, but equally uh, an almost perfectly written pop song. So, time for some further listening? Absolutely. And Will, criteria-wise, I think we just thought, let's kick the gates open, didn't we? Yeah, let's kick the gates open, let the horse bolt from the stable uh, and see what happens. So... So, anything from Mika's back catalogue. And I'd love to invite you to go first, Will. So, I've gone for a track from his second album, which was called The Boy Who Knew Too Much. Uh, Artwork is very similar in the same sort of style. Um, This is the third single to be released from that album. And it's called... Blame it on the girls. So what's the matter when you're sitting there with so much more? What's the matter while you're wondering what the hell to be? Are you wishing you were ugly like me? Blame it on the girls who know what to do. Blame it on the boys who keep hitting on you. Blame it on your mother for the things she said. Blame it on your father, but you know he's dead. So I love that track because it's uh, very much more of the same of the bold, bright, positive music that mm. he did in the first album. Yeah, I completely agree. It's It feels like it could have been on the album or even like a B-side or something like that. Having said that, sort of contradicting myself a little bit, it does feel like a, a, a small step forward with kind of just the production style feels a little bit less, less influenced by sort of Queen and some of the people like that that we talked about, less of the glam rock and more kind of just maybe a step towards uh, whatever the sort of uh, favourites production-wise were in 2009 when it was released. And any excuse for some hand clapping in a, in a, in a music song? Absolutely. <laughs> and I did read about that one while I was playing that they did use everyday objects to make the sound. So the clapping, hitting the desk, stamping the feet, which uh, as you and I will know very well being clued up on all the terms is called... Music concrete. Oh, that sounds... Music concrete. Music complete. Concrete. Concrete. Yes, music complete, that wonderful New Order album. (laughs) This uh, didn't exactly set the charts on fire when it was released in 2010. This got to number 72. Shall I say the catchphrase or... Uh, well, I don't. I still think things were evolving back then. Yeah, that's charts a good were a way, strange vague time. way to put it. Um, and this is all about a wealthy, handsome boy who has everything yet pretends to be miserable. Oh, wrote a song about you. <laughs> I wish I was wealthy. Well, you're wealthy with. Well, no, not friends. Not health. Not remaining years. Anyway, let's move on. Yes. So I'm going to go for something from Mika's most recent album, which is called My Name is Michael Holbrook. Uh, This came out last year, and this was the lead single from it, which was released on my birthday last year. Oh, it was meant to be. Yes. Uh, And this is called Ice Cream. So we had lollipop before and sucking it too hard. Uh, and now we've got ice cream when, you know, when you Don't lick it. Don't let it melt in your hand. No, 
uh, or lick it and it dribbles down your chin. Oh, sticky mess. This is very funky. I'm a bit Prince-like, I must say. Yes, it does feel like, because some of the songs on this album feel like a return to, um, to, to the debut album that we talked about earlier. But this definitely feels like it's uh, much more experimental. A co-writer on a number of tracks on this album, one David Snedden, who Dan, you'll be familiar with from Fame Academy. Yes, of course. Uh, but not on this one. This one was written with Dan Black. And this will make you feel old. Uh, David Snedden's 41. Oh, Christ. Uh, he's also written some stuff for Lana Del Rey. I actually was really rooting for Sinead Quinn to win. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Happier that- times. So we're out of time. Out of time. That was Life in Cartoon Motion by Mika. Hopefully you enjoyed it. If so, please do let us know on Apple Podcasts. Give us a lovely comment or rating or review, whatever it's called on there, technically. Uh, and if you want to share your thoughts with us, don't. Or do, do. at uh, Track by Track UK. Yes. On social media places, except for TikTok, because we don't understand it. No, it's much too complicated for our old tiny brains. So, Dan, can you give us a hint of a tease as to what's coming up next? Yes. So next week, for the second time, we are talking about an iconic New York-based band that began their career in the 70s with uh, a female singer fronting uh, The Boys. And this was their most recent album from three years ago, which featured songs written by other people for them. Have I said too much? Maybe not, actually. I don't know, actually. No, maybe not. But yeah, really looking forward to it. This is one of my favourite albums of the last few years. So very excited. So until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. I've been David Snedden. And I've been Billy Brown. Goodbye. Bye. I've seen everything. Yeah. I've seen it all.